0: the
1: King's Podcasts. Hey, listeners. Before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us.
0: This is Danny Tamborelli, and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's
2: our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing.
3: You can hear things like minisodes,
1: full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures
4: of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network.
3: Hey, everybody, before we start the episode, just wanted you to know that after the interview, there will be an exclusive clip from James Andrew Miller's Origins, where he speaks with Michael Patrick King. That's right, that Michael Patrick King. Big thanks to James Miller's Origins and Cadence 13 for the clip, and make sure to check out their podcast. Take it away, Katie. You're now
4: listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where. For-
2: Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex and the City for the first time ever. Mostly, I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. I am John Sieber, and we are really excited today. We have a great guest with us. He's the host of Origins with James Andrew Miller. Please welcome our guest, Jim Miller. Hey. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Thank for, you being so much here. for being here. We are so excited to have you. You you are. We have a lot of guests on the show that know a lot about Sex and the City. I feel like you are probably the most studied guest of Sex and the City we've ever had. I've never seen the show.
3: Well, there we go. <laughs> okay, well we're done. Thanks so much Charm for being right, here. You've well. all been one big fake. You're actually <laughs> like, like
5: yeah. you're the you're the probably the biggest person in my life who has just utterly destroyed the Kevin Bacon game of my life. That I'm like, uh, imagine the connection. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like after we're talking, I'm just like I'm one degree away
3: from. From everyone, everyone, from yeah. everyone. It's <laughs> Very like, true. Wait, unpack that for me. What do you? Well, mean?
5: like you know the the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. You doing movies, but in your own life, if I'm like, oh, Corey knows this guy, right? Therefore, I'm connected to him. You, it's like y-
2: you've you, interviewed so many huge, massive people. Just in so you you Origins is the is the podcast that you host, and you've done a, you did a season on Saturday Night Live. You did a season on Alabama football. A season ESPN. on ESPN, um, Curb
3: Your Enthusiasm, Curb your Enthusiasm. Curb. little show called Sex in the City, tiny yeah. little yeah. show <laughs> that we love. And, and you've, also, it, yeah. you've
2: also you've uh, also an author of books, uh, live from New York, the Sarah Not Live Oral History book, if I can call it that. One of my favorite books. Oh, thank you. A book on CAA, I believe, mm-hmm. um, business. Yes. So, like and Kev- ESPN, and ESPN. So, like Kevin said, like, you've Kevin, you've met everyone. <laughs> I ca- I tried to like do
5: research on the Sex in the City season, and I was just like. Fuck this! Kirby Enthusiasm is my favorite show of all time. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste all my time listening to the <laughs> Sex in the City episodes.
3: But um, I actually, I actually interviewed Kevin Bacon for the CA book.
5: Oh, really? Really? Oh my guess One see?
1: degree. It's, it's one, just degree. one degree. Just game
3: over. We're now officially.
1: You play the opposite game. Play six six degrees of someone that he doesn't know. Yeah. You yeah. know, like uh, you know, Barb Doyle. How fa- how, yeah. how many connections is it from from That's your true. mom? That's Do you know? Kevin's mom? Um, so my first question is you uh,
5: how did you get the idea for the podcast? and then why was curb your enthusiasm your first uh, your first choice?
3: Well, I think that the the podcast for me was actually um it had two kind of interesting propositions. One was, I think podcasting itself is just another there's another dimension that you get from. Uh, you know, the whole storytelling narrative thing that I try and do with the books. And this way with podcasts, you actually get to hear the people talking and their rhythms and they showcase their sensibilities in different ways. You read an interview in People Magazine with Sarah Jessica Parker and the words will make sense, but it's not like sitting down with her and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, hearing her laugh or hearing how she forms her thoughts. And it's, so I think it's quite raw. And um, the second thing was that, um, not to be corny, but I really believe that good news travels slow. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was the whole idea of Origins, which is there's a lot of great shit happening out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great success stories. And, uh, you know, I'd rather uh, I'd rather focus on them. As for Kirby Enthusiasm, I guess part of it was timing because just as I started to decide to do this show, uh, Larry had decided he was going to come back. Remember there was a big hiatus. And um, so I had interviewed him for the SNL book and uh, a couple times. And um, so, and I love a lot of those people mm-hmm. and uh, particularly the writers. And so just thought that would be a great way to kick it off. I mean, it's a very indulgent podcast in the sense that I only do things that I love. Mm-hmm. So um you know, people from time to time suggest ideas for chapters of the podcast. And, um, I just feel like there's such, um, you know, it's like climbing Everest on a cold day in your shorts. Cause mm. I mean, not to complain, I'm happy to do the work, but it's not, it doesn't happen overnight. And so if you don't really love it, then I, I just, I'm just not a good enough actor. I don't want to fake it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought too, like the mystery
5: behind how things get made I think I remember when when Lord of the Rings was coming out, I remember Peter Jackson talking about how important the DVD extras were. And I was a kid when that was coming out and I was like literally, oh my gosh, this blows my mind. And now with podcasts and stuff, the doors have just been blown off like if you're an actor or a writer or something like how how what? How do you do that? And like listening to some of the episodes of your podcast, it was cool being like, "Oh, this is this is how that person got here. And it's actually really inspiring. Like I listened to um, the one of the SNL uh, interviews with Lindsay Shookus, who's a producer at SNL. And you see people like that and you're like, how do you get that job? And then to hear the person talk in your ears like, this is what I did. You're like, oh, I'm marking that down. You just, you know, and it's so it's actually really inspiring seeing how Uh, It's like the opposite of the sausage getting made. It's like watching like a beautiful like tapestry get made and you're like, okay, that's cool. To that degree,
3: next week uh, we're releasing Origins Originals, which are basically not cut up. They're the individual one-on-one interviews. Mm -hmm. And Michael Patrick King, who is uh, the showrunner, who was the showrunner for Sex and the City and wrote and directed the movies, um, his interview, I mean, this has nothing to do with me, but... Uh, if you're going to listen to one of those originals, I would, I believe it or not, I would listen to to his because it is a masterclass mm-hmm. in how to run a show, the creative process in terms of writing scripts, how a gay man is able to have such an unbelievable sense and port of entry into a show about four women Mm -hmm. and a show about four women who are heterosexuals at that. I mean, it's like one of the things that I wanted to do is trace the pedigree of like, how does, how does that happen? I mean, Darren Star was gay who created the show. Then Michael Patrick King took over. So you might think that that's a synapse, right? What's the disconnect there? How do they Mm -hmm. pull that off? And Michael Patrick King, I mean, it is a tour de force this mm-hmm. guy the way he talks mm-hmm. i mean it's just beautiful
5: that's awesome that's amazing
3: Real, i look forward to that yeah I listened, absolutely. I listened to some of the
5: live sarah jessica parker one and that was another little mystery thing to that got unlocked that was like oh she must be so brilliant so she decided she's so savvy in business she became a producer and instead it was darren king that was like just hang around and figured it out and then oh, she, darren star darren yeah star. darren star yeah um and and she basically is like, yeah, I just like hung around and like went to all the meetings and figured out how to produce. And you're like, oh, I, you think of her as such an icon being like she, when she was 12, she was probably like, I'm going to produce one day. And, and instead you're like, oh no, you just like put the work in and meet the people.
3: And it was, well, it, she was smart about tooth. Well, Darren was smart first of all, because when he was trying to take her, talk her into taking the job, mm-hmm. he said, cause she was, you know, she didn't know if she wanted to get um, committed to a show for year in, and year, and year out. And he said, you know, you could produce the show. And she's like, hmm, I hadn't thought about that. And so Darren was smart about that. And then she was smart about the fact that even at the beginning when she was, quote unquote, producer on the show, she did a lot of listening.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
3: somebody else, I mean, Sarah Jessica is, I mean, she really is just a lovely, smart mm-hmm. person. And somebody else in her position would have been throwing their weight around season one mm-hmm. you know i'm a producer on the show you know and she just bitter, her you know mm-hmm. kind of like took
2: her time and yeah. and really um managed it very well that's awesome it's interesting to hear how in in one of the episodes too how everyone knew how they knew each other from acting world like in the willie garson interview he was talking about how he booked the pilot and he would booked another pilot and then he Heard in the audition room, uh, someone was like, I think Sarah Jessica Parker's completely. And he was like, So I just went home and called her and I was like, I might do this show. And she was like, I might do this show. And they were like, Okay, well, <laughs> let's give it a shot and do it together. And then it all kind of happened. But it, see- it was so interesting that it seemed like the beginning of the show, none of them thought it was a big deal. And then it blew in, or none of yeah. the actors, I guess. And then it Well, the,
3: the thing. interesting thing about that was that. It's very, uh, it's very much an outlier for nowadays in particular, but they shot the entire first season without it going on the air. Really? I didn't know that. So can you imagine they're in this kind of like bubble where they've done it and they have no sense. First of all, remember something. There's no Twitter. There's, there's, there's no Instagram. There's no kind of feedback. Right. Mm -hmm. And addition to that they don't even there's nobody like there's no ratings there's no critics there's no anything mm-hmm. so I think that was that was a very um interesting dynamic because they all kind of like just had to believe in it, yeah. Before they got
5: Jeez. any feedback,
2: yeah, that really speaks to the like strong concept of the show. Totally going in there to the creators. Um,
5: what was the do? You, do you know the biggest news that broke from the podcast? From what I looked, it looked like the biggest news that you broke. I have a news story, but I wanted to know if you saw what it was or it was what your opinion
3: me was. Me coming to Brooklyn tonight, <laughs>
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ladies that, and gentlemen.
3: That is that's going to break to say, the internet. That's that's going to be say, all over Twitter. That's the um. Forget about Kim Kardashian nude. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, I, th- well, I guess to the idea that in the third movie, Mr. Mr. Big was going to um, yeah. have a heart attack yeah. in the shower. Yeah, yeah. And I, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, I was the play.
5: Yeah, <laughs> my f- my phone buzzed that morning like twelve times from friends that you know that know we do the <laughs> podcast, and they're like, "This is
3: crazy! Did you know
5: that?" And I was like, "Ah, so yeah. So that was that was big news. Very controversial. Very well, controversial. I, think,
3: I thought you know I got so sick of people saying, "Well, you know, it's been around for twenty years. How are you going to you know make any news or?" you know, make yours different. And I was really thrilled that the people on the show and Mm -hmm. people involved in the show and people at HBO, like were calling and saying they really loved it. And they, they, and some people said, Oh, I didn't even know that. And I didn't know this. And I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was kind of nice. That's awesome.
2: I want to shift the focus from, from the podcast and sex in the city to you specifically. So you obviously studied the show and you know, when you were putting the podcast together, Did you watch the show when it was on and what was your particular experience with Sex and the City like just you?
3: So it used to be appointment viewing with, uh, on Sunday nights when I was with the mother of my three children Mm -hmm. and, uh, we would watch it uh, together and, uh, I very much enjoyed it. And then, um, I have to say though, the real inspiration for this chapter came from the fact that my daughter, Sophie loved the show so much Mm -hmm. and she would just watch it and watch it and watch it. And I would have to be, um, I'd always, it was a little sketchy because I would be, dad, oh, dad, come in and watch it with me. It's like, okay, what episode is this? Cause I just like, <laughs> you, you don't want to be with your yeah. daughter. Yeah. On some of these
0: episodes, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah.
3: it's just, uh, it just made my teeth hurt. So um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, if it was an episode that, I mean, I quickly, cause sometimes she was watching them for the first time and back when she was, well, that was a whole other thing too, which is like, Okay, your the good news is your sixteen year old daughter, you know, is following in your tradition. She loves film and she loves television. I mean, when she was four years old, I was she was you know singing in the rain and all. I mean, every single kind of movie and mm-hmm. the great TV shows exposed her to, and it was just wonderful. And it was it was great that she was so into it. But you know, your sixteen year old daughter is watching Sex and the City. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh God. Okay. There's the <laughs> toothpaste is out of the tube.
1: <laughs>
4: and.
3: uh, and, uh and it's one thing for her to watch it and it's another thing to watch it with her. So right. <laughs> I particularly when she was watching it for the first time, I think there were a couple of cases where I'd walk in and it would be like a race between me trying to figure out what episode it was, trying to calculate what the hell happens to this episode <laughs> and whether to get out of Dodge before something the screen, before <laughs> something's gonna to make me car sick <laughs> and yeah. uh, oh, you that's know so funny. Um, oh man. So there's a lot of calculation involved. That's fantastic. Um, Somebody <laughs> joked around. I think it was Kristen or Cynthia that, no, it was Noth. It was Chris Noth. When now there's, it's replayed not just on HBO Go but on, uh, on on television. Mm-hmm. So they have to cut it. So it's more yeah. like Love in the City. Right. They took all of the, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, some of the. Uh, stuff out of it. but um, That's how
2: so many people that we've had as guests on this podcast were first introduced to it was that they would see it on, I think it was USA or something like right. that. But it was cut down to where it was really I mean, really the must have
3: been like two minutes long. I was going to say,
2: yeah, <laughs> there's no way they had to have really long commercial breaks. in I mean, world. it
3: must have been like the four of them at brunch saying, we'll take four... Cosmos, and then they'll, they'll, we'll go to Magnolia Bakery, and those two <laughs> scenes can stay, and then everything else. Everything, yeah.
2: It's weird. <laughs> Samantha wasn't in that episode at all. <laughs> she, <didn't>, she hasn't <laughs> been in the last 10 episodes. She didn't, where, didn't say a word. Where is she? There's no character named Samantha. Anyway, we USA.
1: should get to uh, the episode tonight. We should. So, Special episode. So tell me
5: what episode we're watching. So, no ifs, ands, or buts. That's with right. two Ts.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Are it's, you familiar with this episode? Season I, three, episode I five. Am. We've heard that we meet. Uh, we've heard that we meet uh, a very yes, important you meet, person. You meet
3: a very important person in this episode.
2: And we heard that there's an issue that comes up with Carrie. We, we've heard a few little things about it. it. Seems like an important episode.
3: Well, let's just talk about architecture for a second because one of the things that Michael Patrick King talks about um, there's there's a formula to the Sex and the City scripts, mm-hmm. and you. One of the great things is that you watch the show. And you're really not aware of the formula. Hmm. But then when you think about it afterwards, you realize, oh shit, there's a formula to the yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, you know, it's like it it took people like four seasons into Seinfeld to realize what Larry was doing, which is there's a Kramer storyline and there's a Elaine storyline right. and there's mm-hmm. a George storyline. Um it's it's a little bit like that here. And the the thing that you're gonna see in this episode. Correct me if I'm wrong, is actually it harkens back to the original conceit of what Darren Starr wanted to do. Because you remember something. There's if you look at Sex in the City, the book that Candace wrote, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, am I getting too much in the weeds here? No, right? no, 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 This, no, this, this is, is great. fantastic. So there's um there's not a TV show there. There's a lot of verisimilitude. She captures the, the zeitgeist of single life at that time in New York City. Um, and because there was a real Mr. Big, you know, Mr. Big and you got her. Um, and so in a way you have Carrie, but the construct of the show wasn't there. Mm. In fact, at one point somebody wanted to do, they were thinking about doing the show as kind of like Love American style, where it'd be like just different things happening in the city all over the place. Yeah. Right. Right. So one of the things that Darren did very well was he came up with these three archetype women, right? And and so once he came up with the three of them, they were vehicles for Carrie then to process the ubiquitous question, which would kind of frame every episode. And each one of them was coming from a different point of view. And so one of the things that I talked about with Michael and Darren was the idea that you could never take a line of dialogue. And this is why this show is, I think it's, it works because it's specific, specific.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: You
3: could never take a line of dialogue for Samantha and give it to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. could never give it to, you know, I mean, it, it's really interesting. Right. And so I think that, um, the fact that those three paths are there and then Carrie has to kind of process it all yeah. I mean that's going to be uh, alive and well in this episode that uh, you know that we're going to see now and it's fantastic and the car crash at the end of it when they all die <laughs> like, oh, no! I don't want to give anything else away but.
5: well Jim uh we're going to you came all the way to Brooklyn to just sit down and watch some TV so let's go do it
2: okay. all right. <laughs> where's the wagyu steak in the cab <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting it out it's coming off the grill right now episode
4: 35 No ifs, ands, or buts. Carrie's smoking becomes a problem when she goes on her first date with Aiden Shaw. Miranda makes more time for Steve in her life. Charlotte dates the worst kisser she's ever met. And Samantha dates a black man whose sister does not agree with their interracial relationship. And now, back to the boys.
5: We're back. No ifs, ands, or buts. Wow. Big episode. I feel like... Big episode with no big. No big, but man, just like, I mean, met the expectations. It was... John, do you want to do the rundown of the plot and then we can
2: get into it? Yeah, I'll do the
1: rundown. So uh, I think the through line of this episode was... uh, Deal breakers. When does, like... um, When does dating become so dump friendly? Like, when when are... What are the deal breakers in relationships? And uh, have they become too soon? Are they too... Uh, aggressive um and i guess the stories were um charlotte had the uh bad kisser Mm -hmm. um samantha was dating uh the black dude siobhan whose sister didn't want them together um miranda and steve had some half court shot wasn't taking what he wanted too seriously and lastly,
2: uh, smoking with uh, Aiden and Carrie. And then also uh, Stanford. Stanford. Has, Stanford, Stanford, had, a Stanford had a storyline too. Storyline he was too. dating the guy with uh, the creepy dolls. Yeah. And is that a deal breaker? And yeah. Carrie had also said in relationships to your, do the stocks rise or is there a time you need to liquidate your stocks? Yes. And yeah, what would be your deal breaker? One thing that I thought was interesting is before we went and saw it, uh, Jim, you had said, you know, Darren's, uh, Darren star Michael Patrick King, like there was a a formula of how these shows are supposed to go and you don't really understand that it's happening. And we've seen a bunch of episodes recently that I think have been good episodes, not great ones or something that was like, Oh, that was good. But this one, everyone had a solid story. There were five solid stories. It was the exact thing that we talk about when we like a good episode, they all come together.
5: They all have their own.
1: I want to point out something funny is that he, he said that it, Every single character has their own dialogue and it would never work with a different character. I know exactly what you're going to say. And Charlotte, of course, when they were, when they were talking about Siobhan and she burst in with saying big black cock, which is very Samantha Samantha. thing to say. And how, when she actually said it, it was a joke. She would never say that seriously. And that was actually the joke, was that he had a big black heart. And so yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that was super well, she, interesting.
3: Well, she yeah, but she was her point was she knew what Samantha, Samantha was going was right. to Yeah, 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 Samantha yeah, Samantha was, it was yeah. So, yeah. it wasn't like Charlotte was saying that. She exactly. was like, oh, my
2: God, I know where you're going with Exactly. It. Right, yeah. right.
1: It was a very interesting scene, especially, I don't think I would have ever picked that up. How do we not have that conversation? That's true. So yeah.
2: that, 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 uh, what we like to call what someone gave us this phrase, but what they call the chat and choose, which is like the, uh, it's, it's their like diner conversations where the four ladies sit around or Jennifer Cation Armstrong. She wrote a book on sex in the city. She calls it the Socratic dialogues they have, but that one was like, exceptionally witty and well written like there was the whole thing where like there was the charlotte saying the like oh you're gonna say it's a big black cock and she was samantha said no i was gonna say he had a big heart and then she said the thing about like are you gonna diss him and was like i hope you didn't say diss yeah and there was like so much like rapid fire dialogue that My there was just Patrick so much King. yeah the writing was so incredible this episode. Episode. yeah
5: we've had some some guests come on and and like talk about how sometimes if there's like a political thing or like a cultural thing that it doesn't land quite, maybe it doesn't stand the test of time. But mm-hmm. I felt like all that stuff, even that storyline with Samantha and, and the guy, like that was, that was, I mean, I thought they nailed it. They Don't thought know.
2: it was really great. That was an interesting. So this yeah. is
3: one of the things that I asked all, uh, all three women and Michael Patrick, uh, if this show was being done now mm-hmm. how much of it could stand the test of time yeah uh, apart from the fact that the cast itself would be changed because mm. it was for white women yes. and uh for straight white women at mm-hmm. that um so let me ask you guys are there any aspects of this show that you think are um let's say don't test don't stand the test of time <laughs>
1: Well, this this episode it wouldn't have been Martha Stewart meets Puff Daddy to describe the restaurant because Martha Stewart's pretty gangster now herself. so
2: well we talk about this no, on the yeah. show though, and we've actually had some of our uh we've actually had some um of our our listeners talk about it the the whole thing of like what you said it's four it's four straight white women and there there is one thing we talk about is the most New York the most New York thing and the least New York thing in the show. Yeah. And I think if the show was made mm-hmm. now, You would see more of the diverse, real New York City in quotes, meaning like they're at a lot of high end restaurants. They all live in New York City. You don't see a lot of deli guys that are immigrants, or you don't see a lot of like people that are not exactly like them. So I think if you. Which is something
3: that Chris knows, by the way. Um, you'll hear, if you listen to his Mm -hmm. one-on-one interview that I Mm -hmm. did with him, he really laments. Really? Mm. He really takes the show to task for. Interesting. Because, um, I mean, the disparity of wealth that exists within New York City is something that really wasn't reflected in the show. I mean, you had a couple when you really go down the rabbit hole of money in the show. I mean, this is why I thought it was so fascinating to talk to Patricia Field because I said to her, look, at some point. Carrie is writing this column and how does she afford all these $600 pair of shoes? And she said, I do not care about that. Mm -hmm. I do not, I do not want reality to seep into that. And so they had made that Faustian bargain, but also in terms of like they're out at these places all the time and the coolest places. And I mean, those cosmos alone are just, pretty expensive yeah. and stuff. Like I mean,
2: that. if this, if this show was shot today, it might have been the same back then, but like a Cosmo at a lot of those bars would cost them 18-19 because that's just what cocktails are at crazy expensive restaurants. And 30. They, yeah. 20-30. <laughs> <And laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like and they're, th- and they're throwing them back.
5: Yeah. I think I, I I guess it depends on what you mean by what anyone means when they stay stand the test of time because like <laughs> I don't want to go too far back. But Shakespeare, but it's like <laughs> they're all male casts in Shakespeare. Okay. Those plays stand the test of time. There's things that they don't get right, but t- television is different and casting is different, not because the show, like, failed. It's because it's so iconic that it's, like, it's kind of... So,
3: so No, I, that's what I, I didn't mean. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's not what I meant by standing mm-hmm. at the test of time. Actually, on s- Sunday, oh, this will be next week. Well, people can still see it online. Mm-hmm. Willie Geist has just done a big interview with Jerry Seinfeld. It airs this Sunday on the Today Show, so if people are listening to this next week, Mm -hmm. they could go look at it online. Mm -hmm. One of the things that uh, Willie gets into with Jerry quite a bit is this whole idea that the comedic landscape is getting smaller and smaller because of so many things are politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I say about the landscape, for instance, I do think that the, quote, angry black woman that was evidenced in this episode, that would not be written like that now.
2: (laughs) That would be handled in a different way.
3: It would be handled in a different way. But but I don't want to bury the lead because I think that one of the things that's extraordinary about this episode and so important when you look over the entire course of the series, Mm -hmm. okay? All the seasons together. What they've done in this particular episode I'm honored to have been here for this episode, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Because they've introduced this character of Aiden. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a pretty big matzo ball because what we've <laughs> decided, what what they've decided is that, look, we know what Mr. Big represented. Mm-hmm. Right. And he represented a lot of interesting things for Carrie. And a, I mean, there was both a boon and a bane to his existence, right? Yeah. I mean, there was aspirational, and there was that whole level of success. I mean, I asked Sarah, Jessica, and Darren Starr if Mr. Big had been a public school science teacher, would Carrie have hmm. been as attracted to him? And the answer was a resounding no. Yeah, hmm. and then it's like, well, what does that suggest about Carrie? And what is it? But now, what we've done is, you know, I used that word archetypes before we've now gone 180 degrees from Mr. Big. And so we have nature boy. Yeah. We have a guy who's in jeans and a jean dot. And now yeah. it's the beginning of an incredible journey for Carrie as a young woman and trying to understand like what she really wants and who she wants and what does that say about her? And I think that that, to me, is the most exciting thing about this episode because we they went so deep with Mr. Big, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Mister coming out of the book itself that Darren optioned, Mr. Big was a very, very clear... I mean, one could argue even more... Well, maybe not more, but just as much of a character as Candace herself was that led to Carrie, Mr. Big was the fully formed one. Sure. None of the, the other three women. So we we're now going to give the audience this incredible roller coaster ride with Aiden. Mm-hmm. And we're going to learn so many things about Carrie mm, in the, in the, you know, as a result. And by the way, Carrie, like I suggested before, is going to learn a shitload about herself. Totally. Well,
2: this is what's inter- interesting to me. You bring that up. <clears throat> why do you think it is? We don't know. Cause we haven't seen ahead of here. Why do you think it is that Carrie is taken with Aiden? He's clearly, he's successful and he's kind of this other sort of, Aesthetic, you know he's handsome, he's got this like dog and stuff he's he seems he's from Colorado, you know he's kind of like a grown up smart, accomplished, not hippie, but you know he's a different guy, but is it just that he has like this mystery about him? Is that he's attractive? Like what other side? And, just and, from
1: where we've seen, and there she's already has made personal concessions for yeah, him. she's like, giving I, up smoking. I, she's giving up I don't well, know if she would do something like that, or her character would have done something like that. I think that she's for just Big.
5: attracted to the fact that he just throws dogs, he just throws <laughs> did, them, just tosses throw, them. throw that dog. I mean, let's face it, this is
3: not a radio show. Yeah. And, You know, one of the things about John Corbett is, um, look, I think she's attracted to him from across the room. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of attraction um, is her port of entry. Mm. And so, at that look, at the point where she's already talking in the voiceover about, you know, I mean, she's already starting to think about, you know, how much she wants him. Uh, that's, you got to put a lot of that on the fact that he's... He's John Corbett, he's a, and he he's looks a, like that. Yeah, and, he's a uh, I mean, dashing man. You know, it it, it was uh, that one single shot in My Big Fat Greek Wedding that, you know, I mean, he basically has these women at hello. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that's that's the initial thing. But remember something, he's not in an $8,000 suit and getting out of a town car with right. a driver like right. Mr. Big. Right. So she's already kind of gone down a path that we haven't seen her go back before Also, like
5: that's that's a whole other thing like you're saying to explore like um there's like the cars and like the rich but just like wealth aside he's clearly has enough money to do his thing but it's like he works with his hands Like he makes furniture. Like, I feel like that's so. They showed
1: that when he was rubbed his hand on that old
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
5: totally. It's like a whole, mentally, it's like a whole different file of man that's like, oh, you could like fix
3: something. But it's also, make something. But it's also more of a meritocracy. If that's, I'm going to, I think that's probably a okay word to use because this relationship has to earn its own way on the dynamic between the two of them. It's when you're involved with somebody who has the kind of life like Mr. Big, it's easy to let those distractions Mm. be like wind at your back, you know, because it's a big life um, and it's a nice life and there's all these creature comforts that come along with it. And even though, you know... I mean, you you kind of make these kind of negotiations with yourself. Well, it is not this, he's not this, but man, we're going on a great vacation, and man, he's got a beautiful place, and man, he's got whatever. Right. Like, there's none of that with Aiden now. In fact, it starts off, and Michael Patrick King was so smart, and Darren was so smart about this, which is, it not only starts off without those creature comforts to rest on, but it's a pain in the ass because the first thing he wants her to do is stop smoking. Right, Yeah. 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 So it's like, really, there's nothing... There, There's nothing easy about this except for his face and his Jesus. lovely nature. And yeah, thank right. God, by the way, let's just say this. Thank God Aiden came along because I will say every time I see one of the early episodes and Carrie is smoking, it's
2: just, it's kind of like, it's just so
3: weird. Yeah, so it is. I have,
2: I have a question about this and I don't know if you have any inside information on it, but I knew at some point she stopped smoking and I was wondering... The The smoking ban happened in New York City in the early 2000s. I was wondering if there was a time where they were thinking, we have to catch her up to this. And it's already, the show's getting popular. Maybe this is a bad look at this time to have main care for Well, character that how about smokes. this?
3: Uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to ask her this, but I should ask her. Because remember something, it's not like she's faking this. So if I'm Sarah Jessica, who doesn't smoke in real life, right. Right. like at right. what point do you say, hey, by the way, can you, Fucking get these cigarettes out of these yeah, uh, yeah, out this characters yeah. because smoking on because I got I'm smoking on set. Yeah, like you know, yeah, it's that's like, true. I mean, so I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Sarah Jessica had the only thing I know about it is she had in her contract that she didn't she wouldn't do any nudity, mm-hmm. but she could have easily had you know I'm not going to smoke, but right. I mean, she maybe for all we know she got tired of it too. Yeah, but it's it was a, not. It's not a good it's look. It's a for anybody. perfect
5: plot way to introduce it because it's such high stakes like i don't know if you know people that are hardcore smokers you know that it's like man that is like that's like the real deal it's like a big thing and it's better that she i it's better that it's attached to this this person
3: than it is well it's like when the lord wants to punish you he answers your prayers
1: yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, that's why i like when the the cigarette actually fell into the dirty new york like swamp water too it's like it wasn't she she was still gonna go get that yeah well that was a dirty part that was a kind of a
3: a big you know screw you to the kind of nicotine addiction right you know here's somebody who's a classy woman who's you know farging around in the in the sewer water uh to get a cigarette because you're so addicted such
2: a good shot like the camera looking down on her and her looking up at him kind of shrugging like i'm sorry yeah Yeah, because she's just yeah um we uh so there's a bunch of different stuff uh to get to in this. We've got, uh, so we have Carrie and Aiden. We saw Magnolia for the first time. And that I think is the only time Magnolia is seen in that show. And that's all from that. I think so. Or is that not, is that not true? We, like I said, we don't know. <laughs> is that okay. We're completely, Wait, you think it's that. at
3: the bottom of Penn station right now based on one <laughs> shot.
2: <laughs> that is what I'd heard from someone. I guess that's wrong information, but this show completely blew up Magnolia to what it is today. It blew up cupcakes. It blew up. That's true. Yeah. It blew up cupcakes in general to what it is today. And that's the first time we've seen it at all. And that's when they have the like deal breaker discussion about.
1: So something that we do on the show is we, the three of us are all uh, really big fans of Steve. Uh, and so we actually have a, a podcast within our podcast. Uh, and it's called, it's Steve- called Steve talk. And we'd like to do a quick episode of that with you. If it's you don't mind. A
4: favorite sure. It's a favorite guy. It's Steve talk. To- Miranda. <laughs> welcome
1: right. to steve talk uh an episode where we talk all things steve um we would love uh if uh cory who who plays steve here that's right i'd love it if you could um maybe react as if you had uh made that million dollar shot and just okay. kind of see how that the, the episode would have unfolded
2: had you you know won the million dollars Okay, so we're setting the scene. Yeah, he's at Madison Square Garden. He's at Madison Square Garden. He's about to do the shot. Yep. And Miranda has shown up. Yes. At this. Yeah. She's she's his strength.
1: Yes, and she's okay. there. He look. He 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 makes the shot.
2: Would you like to play Miranda? Uh, in my wildest dreams, I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to play someone that would have been at Madison Square Garden? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, you could just be. Uh, you could be. Does a Steve has
5: I la- have last name? Steve, uh, let's just say Steve. Let's just say Steve. Ladies and gentlemen, here he's coming to the to the oh half God. court line. Oh man, I don't. Uh,
2: Steve, uh, I, uh, I think I'm gonna go for it. But uh, pretty good. I uh, thank <laughs> I thank you because I know you've talked to a lot of famous people. So uh, I think I'm gonna go for it. And this one's for you, baby. Thanks for giving up uh, all your law study this weekend. Here, I go. It's
1: oh good! my God.
4: To buy a bar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
2: pretty
5: good it's wow time. Here we go it's a
4: favorite he's
5: got enough money to buy that suit and yeah.
2: yeah he's gonna buy that
4: it's I'm
2: gonna
1: right. get me a nice suit yeah we we're all we we're all very big fans of Steve <laughs> if uh if you couldn't tell from the theme song and uh the, the podcast within podcast I,
5: I will say well, this ab- we- about Steve which is like this episode the angry e- Steve he had he had stakes there's he, a
2: lot of emotion he finds his cojones
3: yeah (laughs) he stands up to uh you know uh to herself Yeah. yeah and i think that um it was interesting to see her reaction because uh you know she was a little startled and i think that you know one has to believe that miranda liked the fact that he stood up to her and was pissed off that she couldn't find the time to be with him and uh and she then did something incredibly sweet which is a bit of an outlier for Miranda yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And she showed up and surprised him on the playground. Yeah.
5: That payoff yeah. was so good. It it was the, so, like,
1: heartwarming. Just his joy of just bricking... Brick I and, was
5: worried that it was going to be a big episode because Aiden was introduced and they broke up. Oh, That's yeah. what I was worried about.
3: You oh, oh thinking, yeah. Like, but hey, By the way, can we squeeze in a little mention for the beautiful, perfect Kristen Davis yes. who has to have had many scenes where this guy's like oh licking her face and her <laughs> chin. And it's like, talk about the Lord's work. I hope she got battle pay for
5: that.
2: Yeah. I think that's really
5: 32. That's super interesting. <laughs> when you mention that because
1: chafed chin.
2: Most of her scenes are basically the diner and then just standing out on Park Avenue one night, just filming a guy licking her chin for I mean, two hour shoot.
3: I mean, you know, Samantha winds up in bed. She gets to make out with this gorgeous black guy. Yeah. You know, uh, Carrie meets Aiden and she's having a great time. Uh, you know, Miranda's coming to Steve's rescue and even, uh, you know, Stanford's having a little fun and poor <laughs> Kristen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I she mean, does get the on. shaft
3: more <laughs> than almost the, the, anyone. That yeah, is she, the yeah. Lord's work in this. She
2: <laughs> <laughs> gets makeup put on her chin. She has a chin hickey. She, She's uh, referred to as chin. I, I mean,
5: yeah. You know, it's I wonder. Like, I wonder what that audition for that guy was like. Like, yeah. uh-huh. just,
3: I mean, he was a great bad kisser. Yeah. Those were was disgusting. Take 34, uh, <laughs> a little bit more of, can you run your tongue up the upside of oh, her nose? Geez. And uh, uh, <laughs> uh, more teeth, please. Okay, thank you. I mean, but uh, yeah, I think Kristen gets the award in yeah. this episode. I so. um, but I think that the other thing, really, uh, the takeaway for me from this episode is they were really, This is this is a show that this is an episode of a show that you just didn't see elsewhere. Yeah. You don't, you don't see this. I mean, part of why, you know, if we ask ourselves, why did it garner so much attention? This is a show that winds up on the fucking cover of time magazine. Mm. How do you get on the time? How do you get on the cover of time magazine? And part of it is because of episodes like this. Um, you're, you're going deep. You're, you know, there's like, I, I think that there's, you know, it's very raw. Yeah. And um and all the characters are experiencing it, and uh, you know Michael Patrick is a is a, just a beautiful writer. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so excited to listen to that full interview. Yeah, that yeah, that you absolutely. Too. Yeah, That's... well, please let me know what you guys think of it because um and uh, anybody else who's listening, uh, my uh, my email is james at Miller dot com. Great, awesome, oh. mm. and um I love hearing from people who listen to the podcast, and I. Try and spend time every week responding. That's Fantastic. awesome.
2: That's great. Well, let's do a rapid fire Cosmo rating real quick. Yeah. Uh, we told you we do a Cosmo rating for everyone. I'll start. I have never done this before, and I'm going to give this a 4.75. That's the highest I've given. Mm-hmm. 4.75 out of 5. Uh, this, I, From what you said earlier, there's a formula to, for this one. There were five stories. I feel like they tied it up, and this seems like a huge episode. So that's, that's my rating.
5: I I decided this when I walked in to not to not be weighed. I'm giving it a five Cosmo.
2: Wow. I, am, I
5: just I feel like all the expectations were met in a way that even like it kept on going. I'm like, this was like a this is like a film like they it went on longer, but it was the payoffs were even better as like each scene I was like with with tying up the Willie Garson thing yep uh, Stanford I thought was amazing and I just thought they knocked it out of the park it's everything that was good and I I feel like by the end of the series it'll be a top 10 episode so
1: I, I'm gonna go man I, I'm gonna go 4.75 all right it's just because it, it I want to hold out for something yeah like it was such a great episode and like you said all the payoffs were great whether it was Carrie slapping on the nicotine patch mm-hmm. Samantha walking away from the guy like it, all the payoffs were great Miranda down in the uh in the in the in the playground playing shooting hoops with Steve love the episode love the conversations that they all had together uh, and I'm really excited to learn more about Aiden so 4.75 Jim.
3: so I'm going to give two scores one as an individual episode and one just in terms of the context of the whole series mm-hmm, okay so the first in terms of the individual episode I'm going to give it a 4.75 only because I think that um, I would have loved Charlotte's character to have a little bit more yeah. to do than um, than have her face licked to death, and I also feel like I love Patricia Field and I always um, I always enjoy her, and I felt like I mean, gosh, Kim Cattrall rocked it in this episode 100%. in terms of fashion, yeah, but I felt like. Uh, I, you know, I felt like the rest of the gang was kind of like, uh, a little muted. Yeah. I didn't feel particularly Stanford. I feel like like Carrie, she had like one outfit that was kind of cool, but from a fashion point of view, you know, whatever. So I'm going to go with four, but in terms of the series itself, I'm going to give it five because I think that what this episode does, this episode winds up doing so much, including, I think the biggest thing in the world, because at the end of the day, this show is about relationships. It's about the the quest for love, and it introduces... I mean, remember something. If we didn't have Aiden, then we're going to get burnout on Big. There's just so yeah. many different... Mm-hmm. There's just so many things that you can do with Big. I mean, the fact that Big comes back...
2: Spoiler!
4: Um,
3: <laughs> the fact that Big comes back, that's fine, because then you get to do things because he's come back. Right. But I think the the creation and the entrance of Aiden into Carrie's life and into all of their lives because all of them are inextricably linked and when somebody's going through something mm-hmm. it becomes infectious and then they all get to think about it and talk about it and be p- tormented by it or argue about it and view mm-hmm. it from different perspectives i think that's that was a really really important thing for the for the whole shape of the series and and by the way um in the movie when Aiden comes back i mean uh you know did you guys see the movies no yeah we're going this is the first time we've watched any of it yeah okay well there's a new thing out it's called a television <laughs> <laughs> and um but um i will say and uh it, it it's just it's amazing because uh in the in the world of sex and the city fans there are mr big fans and there are Aiden fans yeah, yeah. and so it's not and they did such a smart job because they cut it close. It's like, it's not that one of them is clearly better than the other or more attractive than the other. Mm-hmm. They each have their qualities that are, you know, rather compelling for Carrie and for the audience and the way that they introduce this character, it's really hard to introduce a character. Yeah. yeah, It's really hard. And they just did, I think a beautiful job. And more importantly, I think this, this basically is, um, you know, when the, like when a rocket blasts off, And you see it go, and then two minutes later, there's like a second stage rocket that kind of like gives it a a further trajectory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like this is the episode that does that. Over, you know, if you're thinking about six seasons of a of a of an of a show, and how you, I mean, keep on, you know, it's like a series is like a balloon. You got to keep on pumping it up, and you're trying to figure out all these ways to do it and stuff. And this one, they found a really really resting, compelling, infectious way to to really... I mean, this, this episode, you'll see um, it catapults the series into a whole different narrative. Wow. And um, wow. so I feel particularly honored that I was... Um, here today. Thank you for listening. Thank, thank you. you for working out the schedule. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for, for coming to Brooklyn. No, yes, things you. But well, <laughs> that one I'll hold against you, but, the rest of, <laughs> but this episode was fantastic.
5: Well, thank you. And, thank you. and we know you got to go, but everyone, please listen to origins. It's, there's so many podcasts out there and it's like, it's been one of the joys to find one when you're just like, how did I not know this existed? So it's, it's, it's curb Saturday night live ESPN, Alabama football, Sex and and Sex in the City it has something for everyone so and deep. even if it's something that you're not as interested in listen to it cuz it's just inspirational and oh, you do an well, incredible you. job so thank, thank, you. thank you
2: so much. And thank the new you ap- so the, the new full uh interviews are out. Uh they'll be out by the time we release this. They're out next week, you said? Yep. Okay. And But and- am I allowed to invite myself back for the for the series finale? <laughs> yes. Absolutely,
5: absolutely. We- we'll come we'll, yeah, we'll, come, come, to come, to we'll come
3: to you. We'll come to you this time. <laughs> okay, but uh. okay, we're g- okay, mark that down. I <laughs> I have a witness um because uh I think I think that'll be, that'll be fun. I'll even bring Magnolia Bakery. Goodies. All right, All right. We'll bring you some
2: Brooklyn pizza. Is that a deal? Yeah. It,
3: sounds like a, it sounds like a great treat. <laughs> there you go. Um, but really, thanks for having me. Thank you thank so you. much.
2: And you're at Jim Miller on Twitter?
3: At Jim Miller on Twitter. We'll be Although about. I will admit I don't tweet enough, but I'm, okay. I'm trying to get over it. Perfect. Perfect. Great. <laughs> thanks right. so All much. Right. Thank, thank, you. thank you so God. much. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com on social media at TheBradshawBoys. And if you see them in the street,
1: tip your glass. Thanks for listening.
0: I mean, I'm Irish Catholic. I was raised by nuns. So the fact that the biggest creative explosion in my career was writing about sex is not lost on me. The amount of shameful fuel rocket fuel that came out of me just knowing that I was exploring this very dark area. But you already
3: explored it within yourself, about your own idea. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So in a way that's an extension. It's not well it, you already taken the big first leap about,
0: about being being honest. Being and sexual being, at all. Right, right. You know, I mean I'm Irish Catholic, so in an Irish Catholic family the joke is like coming out that you have sex at all, not that you're coming out as a gay person. It's like, you know, I have sex. <laughs> that's the shocker. I'm having sex. You don't say that either. So the idea that it all became just a wheelhouse of what I wanted to say about being an outsider being somebody claiming their own right to not remember. When we were doing the show, there was not a thought that gay people would ever get married, ever. So we were the eternal single people. So it was so easy to fight for those four ladies because I was always going to be single. I was somebody who was never going to be married. I understood that there's something that is not available to me, which is what they were afraid of, something not happening for them.
1: Seltzer King's Podcasts.